Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Derek, how's it going? Going good, going good. Good to, good to um, reconnect again. Oh yeah. Yeah. How has your Monday been? It's been really good, really productive. Um, you know, did a couple of recordings um, and uh, did a couple of work, and uh, it's been good. Awesome. Good to yeah. hear. Good to hear. Yeah. How about yours? All right. Good Monday. I like to start the week off just getting everything done. And I like to front load it. As we say in the military, basically have the beginning of the week super packed up and full. Uh-huh. So that way by the end, you can have half days on Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's all about the, uh, I love that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're you're in Panama now, right? You're doing a kind of a trial, remote trial? Yes. We're in Panama right now. We're thinking about maybe end of January, excuse me, end of December going back to South Florida. But uh-huh. we'll see how everything plays out. Yeah. That's, that's cool because, um, you know, uh, it, is it like fall? Is it fall, winter time now in Panama? I guess it's kind of yeah, moving in the spring. Now. Right now is their, their winter, which is essentially their rainy season. So every day for about 20 to 30 minutes, like right now it's about to be sunny again, but it rained for 30 minutes yeah. and it's going to go on and off because they do have a rainforest here. Yeah, because uh, I'm, uh, I'm in Houston and, the, you know, it's, we got droughts and we got 100 degree weather. So I was... Um, planning on doing an experiment next year where I like May to August, I moved to South America because that's like the fall winter and kind of, okay. um, uh, and just kind of uh, get away from the, the, the bad, the bad climate. So gotcha. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. What, what city are you in right now? Uh, Houston. Houston. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And you're in Miami, right? Yeah. I, I did live in Miami years ago, but right now I'm in Panama city, Panama. So we're thinking about going to South Florida, maybe not Miami, but West Palm, Palm Beach area, awesome. somewhere around there. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, let's get started. And uh, All right, let's do it. And uh, yeah, so uh, hey guys, welcome to this uh, Instagram Live with Derek Johnson. He was a previous guest on an episode that aired a couple of months back and it was super popular 
tons of downloads and um, he's uh, he's a US Army veteran turned life coach and he helps people break old patterns so they can thrive and not just survive and uh, he's got a really fascinating way of dealing with um, you know uh, adversity and, and the way he views it which is why I invited him back so uh, Derek welcome I appreciate it thanks for having me back again yeah I know uh, I, I love your Instagram and I love the things you're doing you know fitness and helping people uh, break out of old patterns. So um, tell the audience about your story and your background and we'll get into it. Yeah, for sure. So my story and background, so grew up with a US Army father. He was 23 plus years and mother's German. So as a kid, we lived in Germany and then my father was Army and my mother was a kindergarten teacher. So growing up with both strict parents, strict father, strict mother, always kept me focused and disciplined. So that's where I got that from. Waking up, seeing them exercising at four, five, six a.m. That was just natural to see. So all of that was normal in the house. So that's what drove me into fitness, early wake up time and all that as a child. And then I just got into sports and I always loved to push my body and push my mind past any previous threshold so that way i could see what i was made of and what i was capable of but with that upbringing it definitely just put that drive in me in sports and just in general as a teen as a boy trying to play sports and all that but growing up having two successful parents everything looked good from the outside beautiful house in florida mixed couple all that but behind closed doors after the parties and cookouts that's where the alcohol consumption started to go up and then that's where the physical verbal and all that stuff arise but i was just that kid and that teenager that was always calm in those situations i don't know where it came from but i could just tell that when they would release tension whatever happened in their past they would not look at me they would look through me so i never looked at it personally at first I was scared as that kid, but then from there, the more that you see that in a household dealing with alcoholics and screaming and yelling and all that, that starts to become the new normal. But there's two ways to cope with it. One, you repeat the process, or two, you find a positive outlet. So I chose a positive outlet, which was always fitness. So pushing my body and mind to past previous thresholds just get me calmer. So after a hard workout, and then also I would just aim to show up better for others. So early morning workout, show up well for my classmates at the time for my friends because to be blunt the term and the phrase i love you was not said in our household so i would always try to show a lot of love to other people to give what was lacking so i never saw it as like a victim standpoint i never complained most of my friends never knew any of the, any of the things because i never wanted to bash my parents reputation or anything because they did give me the home, they did give me the discipline, the professionalism and all that. But on the flip side, the other part was lacking, but I always knew people that went through things way worse. So I never once complained about it. I was like, you know what? This is all a training ground to prepare me for later in life. So yeah, so having both parents that were like that just prepared me for the military. So whenever I did have drill sergeants in my face, I was almost laughing because my five foot four or five foot five German mother was way crazier than any drill sergeant. And then my father was like six three African American. So he's taller than me and my mother's shorter, but they both had that aggressive energy. And I dealt with that most of my life. So that was our new norm. Yeah. So the military, that pressure really didn't stress me that much because I was used to it in the home setting. But yeah, so long story short, with that upbringing, it just paved the path to help people and understand them on a deeper level. 
because I truly feel that people that have gone through hell and I've seen it, they can relate to others in a powerful way. So like an example could be if somebody sits at an airport or anywhere in public and people come up to them and just pour their heart out and they're like, they tell them their life story. If that has happened to somebody, it's usually because they can sense the calmness in you and they can sense that maybe there's trust because you've actually been through it. So more so teaching from experience rather than just from a book or from theories. I truly believe those are always the best teachers and best leaders that have had that experience and have actually seen some shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really interesting because uh, you have a. This is why I'm very fascinated is because um, you know military uh, athletes, uh, fighter like fighter fighter pilots, and you know these uh, and more executives and also you know I've seen it in the medical profession, especially with where you, like surgeons, because when you're dealing with these high things, you have to be calm and neutral and um, it's been really fascinating how people channel their past into their future. And, you know, sometimes it can be channeled for the ego or there's, you can channel into better ways, which is, um, and what's interesting is, uh, you, basically you, when the shit is hitting the fan, what, what is going through your mind? Like, how do you stay, stay calm? Like, you know, how do you not react and how do you not get triggered and like react back and kind of feel that rage and kind of achieve a better outcome? Okay, that's a great question. So what I've always done, and as a teen, it was different because I would want to snap on people. But I would say when I was about 17, that's when I stopped reacting. As in like with family settings, I wouldn't give them what they wanted. So like as a child, maybe I would be scared. Maybe I'd show fear in my eyes. Maybe I would go to the room and cry as a kid. But then the older I got, I just, I wouldn't say numb. I was just more so blank because I wouldn't give people what they expected. It started with the family, and then from there, I got really good at doing it in public. So an example would be anybody that has that family member that's very toxic. They talk to you in a certain way. They always put you down. They know your pattern and how you're going to react. Oh, he or she is going to get really quiet, or they're going to erupt at the family dinner table. So whatever, whatever they expect, give them the opposite, and that's how you have more power and control. And it's easier said than done, 100%, but in general would be to first – assess the situation mm -hmm. and think about how do they want me to react and how can I have control by not giving them that reaction mm. so it's usually in a sense of calmness so like if you're in public and somebody disrespects you all that you can just tell this guy's drunk and belligerent he just wants you to yell it's usually like the most insecure person that is acting like that so if you give him that aggression he gets what he wants but if you're just calm and you just agree with the person Yes, it's hard, but if you start to agree with people, you catch them off guard because they want you on edge. They want you angry. They want you aggressive. And when you disagree, you're like, hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. And they're like, because they expect that confrontation. And if you don't give them that, you have the upper hand of the power. So what I tell my friends and my clients are like, who has you by the balls? Are you going to allow someone to have you by the balls? Does life have you by the balls? Or are you going to let these people in public or these internet trolls, um, we've all gotten a comment or a message from somebody that just wants to mess up your mood. You might, you might get pissed off for a moment, but don't give them the reaction as in like that paragraph response or in person dealing with family, don't give them what you normally would. Because a lot of family, they speak to you like you're still that 12-year-old or that 16 year old. So that's what a lot of my family would do. Like no matter how much success or accolades or whatever I achieve or my friends achieve, we all relate that a lot of our family would speak to us as if we're still that age. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from, but a lot of people, they just get uncomfortable 
when you start to progress in life because they see that past version and they're like, oh, he or she is no longer that insecure teen or that kid or you are no longer this. Whatever preconceived notion they had back then is just no longer living the story that somebody else put onto you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, for all the audience out there, um, is this Derek Johnson and he's, um, he's really, he's a fitness coach, he's a life coach and the way he helps clients solve problems and stay level-headed and execute. So we've, you've, you've developed this really unique skill and this ability, and now you teach um, clients uh, what voices or opinions to listen to and not, which is really interesting, um, you know, given our society. Um, I think you were, one thing was you said brilliantly is listen to the people you want, but I'll let you have the stage. Yeah, for sure. Sure. So in high school, I would always have the recruiters want to talk to me and all that. And then I would have other people come in and say, hey, you should do this. You should do that. And back then I was just that know-it-all teenager. And I said, should I listen to you? Or am I going to end up like you? And I was just that teen. And I didn't mean it in an aggressive or disrespectful way, but I would always look at the source of who's giving that person advice and say, do I want to end up like him or her? Because the majority of the time, the people that are always giving that advice who aren't actually living it, they're just like hiding behind an insecurity or something. But if somebody really lives it, so like an example, when I teach clients the morning routine, harness their morning routine, they see every single day that I don't miss. And they're like, all right, he lives this. He's not just teaching something and he's out here doing the opposite. Whereas all it is is just lead by example and take advice from the people that are living by example and that have proof. So either client testimonials, case studies, whatever the industry is, but just zooming out for a second and saying, all right, let me look at the person, thou shalt not judge. But when it comes to taking advice from people, especially nowadays with the internet, um, anybody can put up a facade, but really look at the people that are pushing this stuff out there and see, do they have an agenda or are they actually passionate about what they're doing and here to help you help the masses or just help teach people, whatever it is. But I would first assess the source of who the person is, what their background is, where they come from and all that to see, do they have proof of what I want to do? Yeah, yeah, so well said. Uh, and I, the one thing is, uh, I was reading one time and, you know, talking to different people and there's, it's like um, the, the haters and the naysayers, they're coming from a place where they haven't done what you trying to do. And uh, you always try to find mentors that are doing the things you want to do that are oh, cheating yeah. because they, so, you know, the, mental blocks are gone but um you know the haters and naysayers they say can't be done because you know they haven't done it so that's why they're saying can't be done so yeah exactly um, <laughs> they're honestly just projecting whoever it is family past friends strangers trolls on the internet they're literally just projecting so like you could let's just say you post a picture tomorrow morning at the gym just in the mirror you're like <laughs> have a great day your hard work pays off something simple and you're trying to be positive you might randomly get a message like, well, we can't all be up that early. Well, we can't all. It's weird how people operate, but it all stems from a sense of insecurity. So they're just lashing out. And once somebody can just accept that, they'll stop arguing with these people online. Because, again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. They want a reaction because they're not getting enough attention. So whoever the hater is, they literally just, your Success or whatever you're doing is like a light shining to their either missed opportunity or their laziness and bad habits. Or on the flip side, it could just be that they just want to deter you from your goal because they see your progression. So some people are like that. They'll be in your corner and just 
are that quiet observer that's just waiting on your downfall. But just assessing that circle, and again, it all goes back to not giving people the reaction that they want. So years ago, I was different, but nowadays it's more so killing with kindness because people have power over you when you give them the reaction that they want. So like if somebody pisses you off, I like to ask people, how long do you want to feel this way? How long do you want to feel this way? Two minutes, 10 minutes, two days? You can choose however long you want to feel this way, but make sure that once that time limit hits, you go about your day and you realize that this situation or person doesn't have control and a hold of you. So controlling your reactions and putting a time limit on how long you allow yourself to actually stay in that state. Because some people, they'll be angry about something that happened in traffic and they'll hold that anger all night and they bring it home, and then family and friends feel it. Nobody wants to be around them, and if they really think about it, they're like, I've been pissed off all day because this guy cut me off in traffic, gave me the finger, and they let that one 10-second interaction ruin their whole day and probably ruin a family dinner or something. So if you really zoom out, that person that threw them a finger in traffic, they control that entire rest of the outcome of the day and everyone they came in contact with. So going back to it is, are you positively affecting people or negatively infecting them? Because knucklehead over here pissed you off and now you're spewing negativity all day. But on the flip side, if you make somebody's day, you feel better, especially if you don't feel like talking to people, like forcing yourself to make somebody smile, give them a kind, um, real compliment in public. That takes power and you realize how fast you can flip your energy or your state, but just by showing up for them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then, uh, so one thing we talk about is, um, is, uh, masks. So, you know, like certain, like certain skills and abilities, uh, you can project out into the world. It's very effective. And then, but sometimes, you know, like in your more personal private may have some problem, you know, issues. So, um, yeah. but, so how do you, you know, this ability, how do you, um, you know, keep it real in your family, your relationships, you know, with your close people, close individuals and all of that? So I would just stay the same person in all settings, as in, so an example could be some people, they're great with their friends, some people are great at work, but they don't know how to like cut it off. But if you could just communicate openly with your people and say, hey, I need an hour before this dinner, we've been talking to people all day long. So let's uh, not say anything yet and then go from there. But if you just communicate and set the tone and set the agenda beforehand that'll help so much because a lot of people they'll hold it in and then they just explode on the people or they hold it in so long that they implode on themselves and they go to a dark place but just communicate earlier rather than just holding it in and letting it fester but that would be one strategy was just communicate more because a lot of people they just they feel like they're gonna offend somebody or on the flip side they feel like that person's gonna see them in a different way but just having that authentic communication, which is rare nowadays. So just communicating with people, letting them know like, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a mood today, so let's give it 30 minutes before we have this dinner or before I meet the guys, whatever the thing is. But just communicating with them ahead of time, they're like, all right, if they love you and respect you, they'll know that you just need some time. But doing that beforehand rather than showing up to that event with that weird energy and you're the elephant in the room. So <laughs> getting rid of that energy or just simply communicating beforehand. But that'll be definitely super effective by doing that. And then on the flip side, some people, they just don't deserve your presence. So like some family, no matter how many conversations you've had with them, no matter how many times you've tried to rekindle past relationships, some people, they're always going to try to put you down and speak to you as if you're that 12-year-old. So some people, honestly, they just don't deserve 
and uh, should not be allowed to have your time and attention because it's just a continuous cycle with them. Because they'll act right for five minutes or one hour, and then out of nowhere, hey, you remember when you were 15, you did this? And you're like, all right, now we're back here. But you allowed <laughs> yourself to get back into that scenario, and it's like an endless loop. Yeah. So they'll try to get you. They're like, oh, yeah, this family member changed. They support you. And then once you get there, you can feel the tension rise, and you realize, ah, I set myself up for this. I didn't have to be here, but I keep showing up because they know how to act a certain way to get me to show up here. Yeah. But, yeah, so definitely communicating first and then just pausing pausing for a moment to say, all right, what reaction am I going to give these people? Should I show up to this place? Or is this going to be a continuous cycle with this family member, person, whoever it is? Yeah, really great advice. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, in the past, you know, we've all, you know, studying entrepreneurs and successful business owners, executives. Uh, one thing is, you know, they, everybody has emotional trauma, emotions. And, um, you know, when you talk about healing, uh, what's your process for healing and, you know, letting things go and uh, not holding grudges and, you know, releasing that energy? So, so I would use everything in a constructive way. So something that's going to help build you up and use that, whether that's pain, use that as fuel. But in terms of healing, me personally, I spend a lot of time in nature. So I go back to the basics. So let's just say grounding. Grounding right now is pretty popular on social media, but literally all that is is taking your shoes and socks off and being one with nature, feeling the grass with your toes, feeling the sand. The only time most people honestly do that is the one or two times a year they go to the beach. So their skin doesn't actually touch nature besides if they put their hand on the grass, but literally spending more time during the week in nature. So here, for example, it just got done raining. If somebody has gone on a walk in the rain and they felt like it was therapeutic and they're like, wow, this actually feels amazing. When was the last time somebody allowed themselves to get wet and just walk or stand in the rain? Whether it's sunny, take advantage of that, get some more sun. But I would start first with nature, getting out of the house, putting these devices down and just getting into nature first. So once you can get into nature, you can calm down some, be more present because we're all distracted by all these devices. Like I have my phone propped against my laptop. I have notifications popping up. I have this device over here. So it's like, we just got to cut everything off and get into nature and just be present for a moment because everybody wants your attention. Advertisers, you and I, other people, whoever, everybody wants their attention at all times. So the question is, do you have control of your own attention? Do you have control of your own attention? And the best way to get control again is to just get back into nature. When was the last time most people like dove into the ocean and just like put their face under, even if they don't want to go swim and just be there and feel it or just taking off their shoes and socks and just feeling nature or taking three minutes to follow where this bird is going to fly or this squirrel. You're like, ah, I never, never even noticed this. And just being there using all your senses. I know it sounds woohoo or it sounds like hippie stuff to most people, but Honestly, if you just go back to the core basics and spend more time in nature, you begin to feel calmer because you just got to get away from these devices and have control of your attention and say, when was the last time I was actually present and just looked out rather than waiting for that vacation one time a year where they look out, but they're not really present. They're just taking pictures and videos, but literally just having more time in nature. So something I do, I go on multiple walks with my dog a day, and then one of the walks, I'll bring the phone with me. One of the walks, I won't. And then we'll just like sit and I let her sniff and I just take in surroundings using all senses. What do I hear? What do I smell? Maybe you could taste something in the air, but taking advantage of that. And then if, if you're into prayer, meditation or visualization, 
those three, all three are effective to each their own, but those three are way more effective if you do them in nature. So sitting by a tree, taking the shoes and socks off, praying to whatever you believe in, visualizing your goals, your future, your life, and then forms of meditation. But if you do any of those things by first being in nature, all of those things will be way more effective because it's really hard to pray, visualize, and meditate when you're at home and all these devices are here. You're just about to get into it, and you think you're, <clears throat> you think your pocket vibrated, and your phone's not even in your pocket, and you felt like it vibrated, and you're like, wow, my phone's over there on the table. What am I doing? Like, we're addicted to these devices. Yeah. So <laughs> going back to the basics, spending more time in nature. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because one thing I was uh, telling myself is not letting social media use your time and attention, but you're like, we take control of social media. We use it for what we need to, our purposes, and kind of, like you said, like setting aside time, just turn it off and, uh, you know, getting in tune with your body and your nature. Um, Yeah, if, if you could be more intentional about what you're doing. So, like, let's just say it's my lunch break. I'm intentional about it. I'm like, I just want to laugh. I'll watch YouTube prank videos for 10 minutes. I'll find a ton of memes, send them to my friends or clients or listen to music or something. And then I get, get right back to it. So I'm intentional about that. I'm like, I'm going to laugh, look at something funny or positive, and then go back to the work and be intentional about that. And in terms of social media, it's like, is this thing using you and your attention or are you creating? So I always tell myself, I'm like, create more, consume less, create more, consume less. My buddies are like, dude, you're on social media all day. I'm like, yeah, but I'm creating. I'm not just scrolling down rabbit holes unless I'm done with the day, then that's different. But always creating more rather than just consuming because that's how most people don't get stuff done because they watch one video, they end up on this page, on that channel, and they're like, how the hell did I even get here? And the next thing you know, an hour went by, then they're behind, and then it's like it's a daily loop. So it's it's interesting. We're all, no matter who it is, we're all addicted to to these devices, no matter if it's in a good way, in a bad way, but... We just got to go back to the basics to have some time away from them, some time in nature, and just really ask ourselves, do I have control of my attention? Because everybody wants your attention at all times. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And um, keeping your circle of influence really small in the being about who you associate with, what influences oh, yeah. you. Um, yeah, we're, and as, you know, we had a really good showing, and then, um you know, for all the audience out there, um, be sure to follow Derek on his Instagram. It's, his Instagram is actually quite impressive. You know, th- tens of thousands of followers, and um, you know, he's a successful business coach, development, uh, diet, nutrition, and fitness. So be sure to check him out. Thank and you. So thank you. As we come, yeah, and as we come to the end, one thing is, uh, what do you think is people struggle mentally now? Like we have roof, we have food, we have transportation, but now this idea, this there's this idea of like wellness and burnout, and you know people struggling. Why do people struggle mentally so much these days? There, there are many reasons, but a huge reason is information overload. They open an app. This guy says only eat liver. This guy says vegetables are bad. This guy says eat this. This lady says don't listen to them because you're going to be unhealthy. There's a lot of extreme people, and I have nothing against these people. Like teach your own, do whatever you want, but when somebody's on these apps and they absorb content from people that are very extreme of living one lifestyle or one nutrition, or you got to take ice baths, you got to be in the sauna all the time. All these things do work to an extent, but going back to the basics and saying, do you own your morning routine? I always go back to the basics, nature and your morning routine. If you don't own your first hour of your morning, every single morning, even on a Sunday, then you're going to be reactive the entire day. We've all had mornings where we hit snooze too many times. And then we get a text. 
and we get an email, then we get a phone call, and we're like, shit, I haven't even had time for myself yet, and everybody needs me right now, but it's usually our own fault, because we hit snooze, 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 or we laid in bed, woke up, and just started scrolling, and then we look at the time, anxiety goes up, and we did it to ourselves. <laughs> so, owning your morning is going to help you own the day by simply being proactive, so you, you don't feel like you're pulled in all directions all day long. Everybody needs you, emails, calls, texts, clients, customers, neighbor, whoever, but have you had one hour to yourself? So my thing is I wake up, hydrate, take my dog out, then I run to the gym, work out, come back, then I start the day. The rest of the day, I'm just coasting. Yeah. Teach your own, but I highly recommend moving your body in the morning to at least be set. And again, everything goes back to the basics. Everybody has had an amazing workout where they felt confident, but they don't do it consistent. And then they're like, man, it's been two weeks. It's been two months. And once they do it again, they're like, oh, I feel amazing. And then they fall off again. So it's like, just stick to the basics. Be in control of your morning. If you don't own your morning, you're going to be pulled in every direction. So I would just go back to the attention. Do you control your attention in the morning? So like waking up and saying, you know what? Here's my attention for today. I'm going to wake up and hydrate. I'm going to work out. I'm going to provide value to people. Make content that's going to make somebody think or interrupt their pattern, whatever's happening, besides just opening up and saying, what's going to grab my attention? What rabbit hole and who has control of me? So owning that morning routine to have your power back because everything and everybody wants your attention. It's just time for people to be controlled of their own attention. And it all starts within that first hour of your morning. Because if you open up your device, you have no clue what you're going to see first. It might be a sad dog video. It might be a positive dog video. It might be something... <laughs> political on Facebook and you start arguing with people, it's like, if you need a post to inspire people, do it, but control that first hour of the morning because you're just planting seeds. So make sure those seeds are something empowering and positive rather than just reactionary all day long. And then by the mid-afternoon, they're like, why am I so sad today? Oh, yeah, I woke up at 6.30 and I watched these sad videos on social media before I got out of bed and I was dehydrated and then I was rushing and then I went to Dunkin' Donuts and they just like stack all this stuff where they're just reactive all day and it does nothing to help them. But yeah, going back to the basics, nature and owning your morning routine. Yeah, awesome. How can people contact you, follow you, uh, reach out to you and, uh, you, know, and uh, you know, work with you? Yeah, so they could contact me here. Um, Instagram, whole intent is just to motivate people, make them think. And one of my favorite quotes is, I'm not for everyone, you're not for everyone. I dropped the F-bomb, you probably do too sometimes. So <laughs> hey, if somebody resonates with it, cool. If not, totally fine. I know the right people that would be a good fit for them, but either here on Instagram or at fitwithderek.com, they'll see tons of people, male and females, pictures and videos. There's no Photoshop. Real people, real results. There's a lot of weird shit on here. So I like to show videos and pictures, but hey. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So for everybody listening, Derek, for coming on, he's a, he's a entrepreneur uh, living in Panama now as a digital nomad and coach and entrepreneur. Check him out. Um, you'll be really inspired by his videos and all of his content. And um, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the, to the show. No problem. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
hope you really enjoyed that wonderful inspirational motivational piece again if you wherever you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week Thank you.